Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are Live from the Path. And you're listening to Live from the Path. We're coming from the Pathway Studios here at Johnston Prepper. i got to be honest. We did a show before the show. Yeah. So here's I'm going to tell you what we were, a few things that we were talking about. It was that, good. That yeah. didn't make the airwaves. <laughs> uh, we, we did have a, uh, a discussion about the presidential debate. <laughs> we did have a discussion about uh, demons, angels. Ghosts. Ha- ghosts, hauntings. Uh, and it's uh, yeah, yeah. We did have now that that one I think may come back around. Um, so maybe this is something that interests you, and uh, we we don't have any good answers here. Like we're just in the we're just speculating into a into a crevasse, and so uh, we're gonna work on this. I'm gonna tell you this: the hardest thing in the world. Two things you never Google. All right, spiritual warfare and interpretations of the book of revelation in times oh, like you don't google either one of those things because the things that show up are, are generally can't be trusted right you don't have any means to know whether they're trustworthy so we're going to try to find some trustworthy folks to help talk talk us through um what i think are probably some childish spiritual questions which we have which is like a lot of people who who say that they've seen ghosts and if we don't if, if offhand i would say that i don't i don't think i believe in ghosts but I do believe in, in active spiritual beings, angels, demons. So the question is, is that like if p- people are, are relatively consistent on their discussion about um, spiritual beings moving things in the night or making noises or haunting, like are being located to specific locations or houses. Um, I have a, we have we have questions uh, around that. Like, is that the right way to think about it? That it could be some of those spiritual beings. And then second of all, doesn't it seem like a what to, to what effect is it to, to move a vase or? You know, make a noise in the middle of the night just to turn on some music. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just flipped on the light switch. Like, oh, okay. Well, and I, and I suppose, you got me. <laughs> like in the entirety of God's story, how much weight of your Christian uh, being do you give it? I mean, yeah, not, right. not whether it's true or whether it's not, but like how much of your time? Because I mean, that tends to be the problem. Is once people get off on that tangent, that's all they want to talk about is like weird ghost hauntings and all that kind of jazz. And like, uh, we still have a risen Savior and a. Uh, some discipleship to do and like all kinds of work to do and so like mm-hmm. how much how much weight should it hold so i did have like a oh shoot i forgot to forgot to change the camera angle um i did have a situation when i when i moved into the, this house and you know this happens like so you move into a new place or you stay in a new place and weird things creaks and stuff are happening and yeah. you're not familiar with them so they weird you out and so uh, we have a base we have a door in our in our basement that like you can come out from the kind of like a cellar you can walk down from the the ground and down a set of stairs and then go walk into the basement and so i'd been down there doing something or other and i you know turn all the lights lock the doors and left and i came down the next morning and and we'd heard some noises and things down there which is probably mice because we live out in the country um and so i went down there and the door was unlocked and i thought oh i know i locked that door i am confident i locked that door um and so that's you know things pop in your head. It's like yeah. well, either someone's trying to break in. I'm like, well, they're they're pretty inept because they didn't steal anything. Yeah, and respectful that yeah. they used the lock and didn't give it the old boots key. That's right. Hmm. And so that that didn't really make any sense. Uh, and then the same thing. I thought, well, I mean, what if the place is haunted? And I thought again, uh, to what like if if the impact is that there's some sort of spirit here who comes to my house and unlocks the door and then 
runs floats away just, just to unnerve you yeah i'm like i thought i mean i guess i'm not super unnerved by this i mean i seem to be being yeah like if that's the extent of it i don't okay i mean maybe this is the downside of living in town i guess but like uh, i mean i live i live out in the country as well and like i blame everything on raccoons or coyotes <laughs> so it doesn't matter what happened. I'm like, raccoons. Raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume whatever happened during the night was caused by some kind of nefarious wild animal yeah, yeah. that I didn't get to, you know. <laughs> well, so that's the weird thing is that, like, if you think about, um, like, do you remember we were talking? Oh, shoot. I didn't end up talking about it last week, and I was going to forego it this week because I thought, ah, it doesn't really matter. But it had to do with, like, um, humility and, like, further, for the further discussion uh, was about, like, how poor our memories actually are. And oh, so, right. like, so talking, um, okay, I'll give you two two quick shots of this, because I didn't cover this last week, but, like, uh, I don't know if anybody's, if, if any of you guys listening out there have listened to the Revisionist History podcast. It's by Malcolm Gladwell, and it's it's super interesting, and he does a great job. Like, it's a, it's a very interesting podcast to listen to. Anyway, I was driving out for Booba's wedding, and um, and I was listening to some, some episodes of this, and a few of them kind of landed on um, kind of the inaccuracies in people's memory. Like, people believe that they can remember things super well or like get convinced to something and just can't get off it and so two 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 examples one if you if you guys remember they um when, when there's the problem with to- the toyotas and they said like they're, they're just speeding up they're accelerating out of control and so like there was a big thing about it like oh you know the programming's wrong in in, in these cars and it's just causing the, the car to speed up or uh the, the accelerator's getting stuck under the floor mat and that was that's where they landed they're like this is what's happening uh, despite the fact that, like, it doesn't make any sense, you would have to have, like, double floor mats to get that to happen. And to make it occur, you'd have to have, have be flooring it. Like, your accelerator had to be, like, pedal to the metal, floored. And nobody drives like that. This is happening to old, old ladies. This is happening to, like, uh, like v- experienced drivers. Like, this is not explainable. And so... Well, you'd have to have your your foot all the way to the floor and never touch the brake. Because the brake would win. Yes. Yeah. And so that's the thing that they went to prove is they said, look, something's not making sense here. Like, why are people accelerating uncontrollably? And it wasn't happening. Like, it, it, they started coming out of the woodwork. As soon as it showed up once, the people said this happened. Then people with Toyotas are like, yeah, this is happening all the time. <laughs> um, and so so anyway, they, they did a test. Um, Car and Driver did a test. And, like, they, they redid this same test um, for the Revisionist History podcast. And they said, look, I, I wonder what would happen, like, if, if someone tried to brake. Like, like, because if you said my car was accelerating out of control, the first thing you would think of as a rational human being is like, well, I would try to brake, put my brakes on, stop the car. Or if it wouldn't brake, then I would try to turn the car off. Mm-hmm. And so they experimented, did th- those two things. So they get this Toyota Camry, the, the supposed model that's, that's having the problems, and they load it up with people and camera equipment and stuff. Like, it's super heavy. And they get it up to, like, 80 miles an hour, and they slam on the brakes. And I can't remember what the exact thing was. It was, like, four or five seconds, the brake, like the car stops. With their foot still on the accelerator. Yeah, 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 they're still accelerating, and then foot on the brake as well, and the car stops. The brakes win. They, so they tried the same thing. They got it up to, like, 100 miles an hour. Same thing. Brakes win. They got, a like, a souped-up um, Mustang, and it's, like, 500 horsepower or something a like Roush that. Roush Mustang. Like, yeah, a Roush Mustang. This thing's going to kick some tail, all right? And so they get, it, they get it up to 100 miles per hour. It's really roaring. Still got the accelerator on. Now, it doesn't take four to five seconds. It takes longer than that. But the car stops. Broad point being is the brakes always win. They, they couldn't find a scenario where you're, unless your brakes were failing, even if you're on full acceleration, your brakes always win. And uh, they, they tried the same thing where, like, you have to uh, – someone just – you just try turning the car off. And uh, these were these – some of these were push-button start cars. you got to hold it for a little bit. But, like, yeah. the car stops. Uh, uh, once the car turns off, the car eventually stops. 
And so the thing was, is like, how could this be explained then? How is it that um, everyone, like, you get these people who are reporting the cars going out in, you know, incontrollably, uncontrollably. There's, there's, you know, experienced drivers driving off cliffs and or into traffic or something. Um, and they're saying because the car accelerated, like, is how could they, they obviously had to have touched the brakes? They had to have tried to touch the brakes. Um, and so they started looking at some like the black box data or the, the computer data from the cars. And what they found in, in many of these situations is they never touched the brakes. Hmm. And they're like, how? How could it be? How could it be that they never touched the brakes? And um, w- w- as they looked at it, what they're finding is that like people, um, one, they, they get panicky and they think they're laying on the brake uh, in some situation. And really, they're laying on the accelerator. And like, that's why they're speeding uncontrollably. Like they're never touching the brake. And, uh, and a lot of the instances where it was occurring, and it wasn't just Toyotas. Toyota's what made the news. This is the media's misleading you, by the way. Uh, they give you a lot of business, and they, and they, they hauled Toyota in front of uh, Congress. The Toyota ended up losing like, like I don't know, three, two to three billion dollars. Wow. Like half of it was fines. The other half was they did a recall. And like, I would love to have been in a Toyota shop when they're like, oh yeah, we're recalling because of the placemats. And like the, the guy who's running the shop is like, I don't. What am I supposed to do with this recall? Right. There's nothing wrong with this thing. We're going to put the same one back in. Right. <laughs> um, but like, um, but, but anyway, so that, but that, the thing was is that you could not convince people. This is why the media narrative, um, even though like everybody, there's psychologists who studied it and there were like the car and driver folks and other people, like they all came back and said the same thing. They said, look, these people aren't touching the brakes. But you know who doesn't want to hear that? The person whose who's dad, uncle, grandpa drove a car of of three people off the thing they're like oh no there had to have been something wrong with the car mm-hmm. um but really human behavior is fickle like and, and and like we do weird things and a lot of these people were in rental cars or in new cars like it was just a new scenario for them or they got they got panicked and they thought they were laying on the brake and there's a news guys who guy who came on and he did hey he like uh the acceleration is getting stuck on some of these could be the floor mat could be the programming anyway here's what you're going to do you're going to put on the brake and whatever you do don't take your foot off the brake and like the podcast did a good job pointing out they're like that's the that's the worst advice ever because if everyone is act- if they think they're on the brake and continuing to accelerate they're never going to take their foot off and they're going to go off a cliff mm-hmm. or run into a wall or something like the first thing you need to tell them is is like make sure your foot's actually on the right pedal take your foot off and then put it back on the brake, and you'll probably get it right the second time or yeah. something like that. So anyway, it was number one where like um, our, our 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 mind isn't always what we think it is. We think it's rock solid, and it doesn't make mistakes, and it doesn't do some of these things. But like, um, you could not the, the vast majority of the of of the country. If you were to ask about the Toyota thing, they're going to tell you, oh yeah, I kind of remember that. Uh, they got fined a bunch, and they were they it was malfeasance, and they fixed it because of the um, uh, the floor mat, like. No one told you the truth because not only because the media kind of trumped up that narrative, but secondly is that we won't want to believe it. We right. don't want to believe we're so fickle and fallible in that way. So the other example was about um, – oh, oh, shoot. There were two. Uh, the, the, uh, in the same episode, there was one about um, about how our memories specifically and um, they, they call them like flashpoint memories. They were uh, – think of like 9-11. People was like, do you remember where you were? And it's like, oh, yeah, I knew what I, I knew where I was. I knew exactly what I was doing. And so when 9-11 happened, there's, there's psychologists and stuff who study this directly um, about people's memories. And, like, the, these are the same thing you ever heard with, like, eyewitness testimonies, often the worst. It's true. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. And, like, people's memories are bad. And so to, to kind of – as a way to, to, to demonstrate this, um, when 9-11 happened, um, these folks looked and said, like, this is the biggest flash – flashpoint, flashball. I don't remember which one it was. But, like – that our country has has seen in in the modern era, um, and so 
you know, we should we should try this. We should check this. We should interview people. And so they went out and interviewed people like on September 13th. And like they had a group of, I think, a thousand people or something. And they said, look, can you tell us, you know, where you were when you heard about the planes hitting the towers and what were you doing and blah, blah, blah. And so they had people, you know, speak these oral interviews and they wrote them down. They wrote down what they were doing and they journaled it. And then they asked like a year later and two years later and five years later and 10 years later. And so even to this day, you could ask most people and say, where were you? And they say, I know exactly where I was and exactly what I was doing. And so by year 10, they started to compare these things. And what they found was, is that like a, a, a majority of the facts had changed between like September 13th of the year that it happened and 10 years later. Hmm. Um, and you would kind of you would kind of assume that, right? People's memories change over time, but people's pers- per insistence that they are correct in year 10 was a big surprise. Like, So there was an example of a lady who at the time I think had said something to the extent of, yeah, I was in my house and I, I saw it on the news. I was making breakfast for my kids. And she had written it down and everything. By year 10, what she was saying when she had the same interview was like, I was in my house, I heard it on the TV, and I was, I was in the, the laundry room and I was folding the laundry, getting all the laundry together. And they came back to her and they said, hey, so when we first interviewed you about this, you said... Um, that you were making breakfast. And she goes, I don't know why I would say that. <laughs> it's not true. It was like, well, no, but like, here's your handwriting. Here's how you wrote it down. Like, uh, is it possible that you're misremembering? No, no, I, I, no, I, I was definitely, I was definitely um, folding laundry. I, I wasn't making breakfast. I don't, why would I say that? I don't know why I would say that. Like this woman is convinced and like she wasn't the only one. It's, it wasn't an off, um, it wasn't a unique thing. Um, many of those people had the same thing. Like they wouldn't, even in their own handwriting, they were just flummoxed and said, I don't know why I would have put that. Um, th- th- what felt like was true to them had changed, had totally changed. And the context of the episode was talking about Brian Williams, the, 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 the guy who got fired, the anchor who got fired on uh, NBC News because he had, he had said that he was on a helicopter that had been shot down um, when he wasn't actually on a helicopter that had got shot down. And um, a lot of the guys that they were interviewing in the, in the podcast episode were talking about, like, you know, Brian Williams insisted he didn't make up a lie to kind of boost his – to make himself look cool because he was on the shot down plane. It's, it's like people's stories, just they just change over time. They start to take in stories other people have told that add to their kind of context, and, like, they tell a story multiple times, and a little bit of it changes. And, like, you can get 10 years down the road, and, like, it, it's not a lie to you to go, no, yeah, I was folding – I was fold laundry mm-hmm. um, when when in reality you were making breakfast and you didn't say that to lot like you were absolutely convinced it was the truth and they said like all of them felt really sorry for Brian Williams because they're like he probably's not lying he probably didn't do that he he just um, he interviewed you you take on other people's stuff and you kind of blend it in with your own stuff yeah and he goes he he interviewed all the guys from the platoon. Um, he wrote this a story about that right then. He, he did a follow up like two years later, and again interviews with other guys. And like over time, it just starts to blend in your mind, and you can be absolutely certain about it. Yeah. And so, so anyway, I, I tell you all the go go check out the the there's a free the episode is free Brian Williams, and then there's um, just look for Toyota on the Revisionist History podcast. I think the Toyota one's on the season one. There's also a really good one about when McDonald's uh, switched to from beef tallow. Um, to like the uh, the other oils and like how it was a total like uh, it was a terrible move. Everyone loves the beef tallow better, yeah. hands down, um, to cook their fries in. Sorry, uh, but anyway, I say all that to say this. I went downstairs and I said, I am certain I locked that door. Uh-huh. And then now I listen to all this stuff. I'm like, ah, you know, I think, 
Yeah. <laughs> I I appear to believe yeah. I locked that door, but like I'm way less inclined to believe in uh, weird hauntings than I am to go. I probably didn't lock the door. You know what I'm saying? Right, or that, right. Like it's if it's raccoons, ghosts, or Ben didn't lock the door. Ben didn't lock the door seems pretty strong. Those raccoons have thumbs, Ben. No, like They're little bur- clever little burglar hands. I mean, I got a lot of things blocking that cellar. Hmm. I don't think they came down in there. Okay. Anyway, the probably so there was two things. The reason I was going to tell that stuff last week um, was because we had just got done, I think, two weeks prior to that show um, on a long deal about humility, um, and I thought like. Boy, even the things that we sometimes believe are like seared in our minds. I knew exactly what I was doing on September 11th, and like these, so these were New Yorkers. Like a lot of these people were like in the t- in town. And like, how could they ever yeah. forget or or, or or construe it? Um, and you, you're just your mind is not as reliable as you think. Um, and so you ever got in an argument with your your spouse or significant other, and you say things like, "I know that you said this." Oh no! Oh no! I said this thing. I'm just I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you got to get off the train where you're arguing over specific language. Like, do the best you can to sum it up. Be gracious with what you were intending. And just, just go with, just tell me what you were intending to communicate and let's go from there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like the tit for tat on, on like what exactly someone said, I'm just saying your mind is not as good. And I've, after listening to those podcast episodes, I've been a lot more careful on, on things I say to my wife when she, when uh, I might say, oh, I, I, you said this. She goes, no, I didn't say that. I'm like, oh, well, maybe I heard it wrong. Like, I just give yeah. up on it way easy because, like, what did you intend to I've say? I've kind of learned to do that over the years, too. Like, <laughs> at some point, it's like, I, I, uh, yeah, you, you could be right. You seem pretty positive about what you said, and I, yeah. I, I probably heard it wrong or just changed it in my mind. Yeah. Or, or like, at, in either case, and now this is moving into to marriage stuff, but, like, um, to the extent that if, if your spouse goes, no, what I said was this, ultimately, let's just be gracious with them. If that was what they were intending to communicate, if they did a p- terrible job to begin with, then let that one go and say, let's, I'll just act like you didn't say that, and you tell me what you were trying to communicate, and we'll deal with those words instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because, like, wh- wh- what am I going to win, some kind of minor fencing point because you didn't speak well in some sort of heated moment? Like, that's cheap. We're in, we're in for the long haul. We don't do cheap. So we got to figure out a way to do it right. Um, and, like, actually, I've had this conversation with my oldest daughter. Is like sometimes I'll say, look, here's, here's what I think you said. Uh, she's like, well, that's not what I meant. I said, look, if you're trying to communicate this thing, then you're, you need to know you're doing a bad job of it. Even if those aren't the words you said, what you're trying to get to come across isn't coming across. And so you re- need to rethink either attitude or words because you're not being effective to the extent that you think you're being effective. Anyway, all that to say, like, it, it, that's what I think about some of the um, – some of those spiritual arguments is I think to myself, like it's a lot of it relies on me uh, and, and trusting what I think I saw or thought I heard. Uh, and I think, boy, I'm probably responsible for a lot more ghosts in my life than I realize. I mean, if you can look back at your own life, I mean, I, I could have sworn I saw Saddam Hussein at a hospital 10 years after he died. That doesn't seem likely, Mike. Well, of course it doesn't. <laughs> I thought I saw John Bon Jovi at a come and go. Over in uh, Greenfield. Oh, that that could be. That could be, yeah. It yeah. wasn't him. It was just a guy that likes to smoke outside to come and go. Oh. But, like, I mean, can you can you honestly look back at your life and go, like, the thing that you saw out of the corner of your eye or the thing that you saw it was this, or or you're like, uh, I, it's classic when I've lost something, right? Like, where are my where are my keys? I always put them in this basket, and they're not here. Well, it turns out, after I find them, like, three hours later, I didn't put them in a basket. Right. I find them <laughs> sitting on top of a shelf upstairs after I'm, I got distracted and went up to yell to kids about something minor. You know what I'm saying? And we're at the for the three hours until I find it. I'm like, there's malfeasance. 
the children have moved my keys. Someone has sabotaged Or the right, cat right, has right. been playing with it. Or like there's something. My wife is making me look silly and hiding it somewhere or trying to say, hey, you don't ever clean up your socks and put the keys on the socks just to show me that I don't see the socks. You know what I'm saying? Like in my mind, I've come up with all these scenarios. And by the time they all blend together, everyone's against Mike. And Mike is in no way at fault for this. Until I find the keys on the shelf, I'm like, I certainly could have done this. Yeah, that is this a sounds classic like argument from our early married life <laughs> that, that I, I always put the keys on the microwave and, and I was looking for my keys. I couldn't find them. And I had spent an hour running around looking for them. I was getting irritated at my wife because she wasn't helping me. She's like, well, I don't know. What'd you do with it? Yeah. You know? And I finally said, I put them on the microwave. What'd you do with it? You know, and I was like, Ugh. oh, I found them. Yeah, somewhere. I don't know where I found them. Yeah. But somewhere wherever I put them. Somewhere where I, I had set them. And so she reminds me of that quite often. You know, it's a joke now. But it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Man, at the time, I felt funny. like a big turd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, here's the thing. is like it's 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 it feels like such a huge uh, thing to grasp the the amount of humility that like and, and like we we think that we we me feel like i have i have put a gauge on biblical humility right like when i screw up i say so when i when i owe an apology i give it you know what i'm saying like i try to make sure that i'm not going too far but like to where it has such consequences that i am willing to to take someone else's word for me being on the on the crappy end of something uh, that is hard to shake because uh, as much as humility is a uh, you know the fruit of the spirit uh, pride is the fruit of the other one. <laughs> and so, like, that's what it's, they're on the seesaw, right? And, like, when humility wins, pride goes away pretty easy because you're like, I don't know, could have been me. Or, mm-hmm. like, if I said that, I, 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 I did not intend that. Or if I said that, I was wrong when I said it and I owe you an apology or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, like, boy, that's a hard pill to swallow. But what, once you get used to it, once you start doing it, uh, it starts to become a, a practice, a discipline. Like as, as much as everything else is a spiritual dis- discipline, humility is the same way. Yeah. You know, to, to take a little breath, step back, and go, you know, I, I mean, how many times you run into this at work? You know, like you hear something happen, and you're like, what kind of backwards hillbilly whatever management is happening <laughs> that this ended up happening, right? And like it's it's out of your mouth already, and you're like, I don't know, I know these people. It was probably a couple of things came together, and they made a decision, and like, you know, I mean, how many times have I made a twenty twenty hindsight thought and gone, boy, that was dumb. Right. I wish I'd have l- right. looked at yeah. that a little bit easier. And yeah. and it it ties into the humility thing from a couple weeks ago when we're talking about like it's pride to think and, and flat out arrogance to believe that you know every possible thing that's able to be known right in the second that you're making a decision, right? So like even approaching the 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 decision making process requires humility, and then looking at it afterwards with some forethought and going, wow, that was that was dumb, <laughs> you know, and like. It's we're just so bad at it. We're just so 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 bad at it, <laughs> you know. And 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 I think when we start talking about how, you know, pride is is it's it's the one weapon that that the opposition has, and like it comes in every form and every size, and we'll sell it to you overseas, and we'll get it to you shipped to your place, like well, however you want to take pride in. Uh, the devil makes sure you got it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is that like uh, it, there's the next level humility bypasses the thought that everyone else is as fallible as you because like that's easy be like oh you know i I, like i know my memory's not great and so i could have mistaken and someone goes well this is definitely what you said and like again practically in your mind you go look i know you're just based upon the studies i've read your mind's not good either you actually probably don't remember that as well but like the next level humility goes again regardless of the words because that's not really the important thing this person came off feeling this way reacting this way by by how I conducted myself, words or otherwise. And so uh, if them accusing me of that is my opportunity to make a clarification and make sure that I've been very clear about what it is that I want and trying to communicate to them, uh, then be thankful for that and be able to do it. Like, that's what's hard, is that, like, um, 
it's 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 easy to be if everybody in in your circle is is humble then it's actually not that hard to be humble mm-hmm. to be the guy who remains humble even when someone else doesn't take the same path of humility that's where the work is um and you still you still do have to do it there is still um, there's still value in, in acting that way and just recognize like that's where the rub is. You can't just be satisfied when you got two humble people go, oh, well, I don't remember exactly what I said. Oh, I don't quite remember either. I'm like, oh, well, great. Now we're on a level playing field. It's the one where you feel like you're not on a level playing field, like you repented and they didn't and you apologized and they didn't and you admitted your, your, your fallibilities and they refused. Humility still has to live there. Um, and, and frankly, that's I, the, the stuff can change in that. Like when your humility is so strong, like people, it, it becomes a weapon. It becomes a means of which things change. Um, it, it's almost the going the extra mile, uh, walking the extra mile with the Roman soldier. It's, it's almost the turning the other cheek stuff is that like when you do the thing with such commitment that no one expects and that is the true expression, even in face of no one else doing it. Um, it can have the effect of actually being as stronger than had you come back with some kind of sweet rejoinder uh, with your barroom talk and really giving him the business. Well, I, you know, and, and that's, a, I suppose it just occurred to me that, like, uh, can you imagine the humility it takes to be beaten and, 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 and put to death for a crime you didn't actually commit, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I, I've, heard, I've heard people preach on, on like, the, uh, the walk the extra mile stuff, and they're like, "Okay, that's hard to swallow." Here's what Jesus really meant, uh, you know, like blah 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 blah, something that didn't seem as bad, <laughs> you know, right, that like, right. "Hey, I can stomach this," you know, ha ha, you know. But like, if you look at Christ's example, I mean, it was it was completely humble. Like I was whenever we talk about it in youth group, I was talking about like a like you you run an ant farm. And then you decide you're going to go live in the ant farm, and the ants rebel against you, right? And then they kill you, and 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 you're like, I created this whole farm, I made it for you, <laughs> right? Like like so we could be together, and so we could we could share a world. And then I got excited because I got to go in and live with the ants, and then they turn on me, <laughs> and then they kill me and revolt completely against me. And the whole time I'm like, everything that I did was all for you, and like it takes a a, a giant amount of humility t- to be able to suffer all that for my benefit at the end of it, you know? And 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 so like. When sometimes we listen to preaching on stuff like that, it was like, here's how a Christian should pallet it. You still get to stand up for yourself, you know, but you're going to whatever. And, like, Jesus didn't do any of that. He didn't right. stop saying true things. He certainly didn't didn't pull back any of his truth, right? But, like, uh, it was humility from, from, from birth to cross. That was it, right? And, and, like, we have to retell those sermons so modern-day Christianity can go... You know, walk the extra mile with the Roman soldiers. Well, yeah, it's, 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 you know, you don't don't let them walk on you. You're not sitting there. God's right. people aren't so put to be walked over like a rug. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> it, maybe they are. Right? Are you open to that? Are you open to being walked over like a rug? Right. Right. Like, is is that in your wheelhouse? Because if you're not willing to accept that at all, then humility's uh, it's it's still out of your reach. Well, right? you know what those go come down to is the same thing we've talked about before, which is like people can't steal from you what you give them, and so like people can't force you to walk two miles if you volunteered like that's the thing is it's, it's actually pr- taking some level of control of the situation but it's saying like i'm gonna grab hold of this and walk humbly in it that's what it's doing like it's it's not saying do whatever you wish it's saying uh this is what i'm going to do like it is taking a level of control but like it grabs control and then immediately does the most humble thing that they can offer within that control that's jesus right that's what Jesus is doing. Right, he, to say even this is not to be forced on me. I'm going to choose it. So which, which we're going to go. Which is his conversation with Pilate. Like, 
Pilate's like acting like he holds some sway over what's going on. And Jesus is like, no, this is happening because I'm allowing it to happen. Right. Like, you don't have any choice here. This is what's going to go down. Um, but immediately then allows Pilate to do what he thinks is his level of, of assertion of control. Right. And so, like, like, that's the thing. Like, Jesus never lost control of the situation, just like Christians in their service aren't losing control of their situation. They're grabbing control and then doing the most humble thing within it. And that that is it's it's a posturing that like you shouldn't feel like you're trampled on because you offered to be the bridge, like that's that's the difference. And like I get it, like there's nuances to some of that stuff. It doesn't justify people abusing your relationships and stuff. Like let's don't overstretch what Jesus is asking for. He's not talking to every situation. Um, if there was one if there was one thing that could cover all situations, he would have just written that, and the Bible would be a lot smaller. It's a lot more nuanced conversation. This, um, but like generally speaking, that's what he's saying. I think it's a posture, not not. That's a, right. Not it's a, an attitude for every yeah. question. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. Um, okay. Hey, you're listening live from the path. Um, I do appreciate you guys hanging out with us so far. Um, so anyway, we're just just let's we we're, we're going to work on this uh, spiritual thing because I think it's just something we don't interact with, and like we don't mean to diminish. Um, I think there's people who've had situations that like I just I can't explain. Mm-hmm. So, so like when I say, oh, hey, uh, move the vase, like, okay, maybe you didn't move. Maybe there is a spiritual thing moving. Away. I don't know. Uh, I don't understand it. Right. If it is, right. if it's a, if it's demonic, I don't get, it doesn't seem to do much good. Um, yeah. What's the, what's the, what's the purpose behind that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's yeah, the like, point, you know, I mean, like, ooh, scary story. Like, I, like, I don't know. Well, yeah. And like, there's, there might be phenomena. I, I, I'm super interested in being able to talk about this in a way that brings it to, um, not necessarily something that like that is that we have to feel like we really have a, a full grasp on because I mean I, I feel like the spiritual existence to a certain extent is we're going to have questions right um, but like um, I, we should neither deny the reality of it nor let our current realities be entirely consumed yeah. by it like what's what's yeah what's what's going on in the spiritual world around us you know Jesus is out in the desert for forty days and he's fasting. And it says the angels were ministering to their, and it also happens to mention oh, and there's wild animals, right? Like, like why? So it doesn't tell us what the angels were doing ministering to him. Were they keeping the wild animals? I mean, why would you even mention the wild animals? Right. Like, unless maybe that was part of what they were doing. Yeah. Or I mean, I you know, I there's there, you get hints from scripture, but not a lot of details. Yeah. Uh, to know like what's going on in that dimension that's happening, coexisting with us. Yep. Of angels and demons. Yeah, it's, yep. it's 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 a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say frightening. Well, I mean, it's, it's just, uns- we just don't mysterious. It's unsettling because yeah, yeah, because, because of of all the things that like once again pride can take control of. I can take control of just about every situation in my life, even to my own detriment, probably right. But like spiritual stuff. I can't, I, there's not like you can't see it. I can't, we don't even know. I, mean, I can't lock enough doors. I yeah. can't burn <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> incense or whatever we think does something with some vase with some dude's face on it. I mean, I have no idea, you know. And so, like, <laughs> no, there's no amount of control that you can take over. It's a, it's it's very similar to to when Christ comes back, right? It's a thing that happens to you, mm-hmm. right? Not a thing you can do anything about or posture in any way. And so, like, the spiritual world is 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 super unsettling because it means we can have zero control over it. And maybe that's because that's our that's cultural thing. Because you know, we've all been to Africa, mm-hmm. and, and over there, it just seems to be expected. Yeah, you know, you know why? Because they just grew up with it, right? You know, right. I had a friend who grew up in a home of a witch doctor who 
it just was normal for a mom to speak foreign languages in accents and male voices that you know like that was weird but i mean to us maybe it was weird it was like yeah. oh yeah that's what that's what, that's what they do that's right you know and uh, and i suppose <laughs> I, I i think that the thing that i struggle with is like most of the of the the stories that i've heard they don't pass a sniff test for uh for getting something done you uh-huh. know like uh the the times that you see angels in being described in the bible um, they have they have a task or they're doing something right. They're messengers. They're they're out to do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 demons maybe not so much, right? Like you talk about the demoniac or you know whatever. Like, like there's a, there's a there's a ton of us in here. Well, what are you doing? <laughs> you yeah, know? Like, well, I mean, but, and why, why why so much effort on this one guy? You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. could you if if we were going for averages or be like we got to get more people away from following Yahweh? You know. I mean, couldn't two of you handle this dude? Why we got to six so many dudes in here? And you know, is, is he just a tough guy? And like then, in that instance, like the whole community is talking about it because they all knew where he lived. They right. all knew what was going on. Right? Uh, like, he, is it so calculated? Uh, you know, uh, that that they're like, look, if we just terrorize this one guy, it'll unsettle the whole community. And to the extent, like, if we just get, we tear him up, like he's out there naked, ravaging, you know, cutting himself. He's, yeah. I mean, he's all kinds of messed up, and like everyone will be so freaked out. That like they'll stop concentrating on anything good, wholesome, or, or Philippians, and and then that's it. We're just going to worry about it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it, I just because it doesn't make sense to me. Law of averages that you would just go one demon per guy. How powerful are you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if if one guy would get it done, there's no reason to pile a thousand in there and then get, take out some pigs. <laughs> so I don't. I I'd, I'd be interested for a more holistic approach along with where it sits in God's story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To kind of tie it all up and have it, you know, m- make some sense. <laughs> There's there's two places in the Psalms where it says that that basically uh, angels are are I can't remember the terminology. I, the, actually, the word guarding is in, in one of the one of them. I don't have it in front of me, so I don't remember. But uh, it's like, well, that's so vague. What does that mean? What are they that they're ministering to God's people? Yeah, in two different Psalms, uh, it's like uh, uh, you know. Right, and that yeah. this where that like we 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 laugh at uh, even the notion of a guardian angel as like a child's belief, but like yeah. there's a, like there's some there's enough in scripture that like I may not believe it personally as, as at an individual level, but like it's not it's not off the table. Yeah, like yeah. it's not off the table that that, that something could. That's be right, like yeah, that. I can't say no. <laughs> right. I don't know I don't, if I want to say yes, <laughs> but I don't. Right. I, I don't know. Right. I've, yeah. I've prayed for God to dispatch angels in situations, yeah. and I'll you know I have a conversational type prayer. With, I was like, God, I'll, tell you, I'll be honest, I don't know the theology on this, um, but <laughs> right. uh, it appears to me there's angel stuff going on. Would you just dispatch some angels? <laughs> just yeah. send some. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm wrong, don't. I mean, I've had that prayer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's honest. You know, like, yeah, oh, right. like these are things I don't understand. I've heard stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it is a very interesting conversation, and I think it's, it's, it's very attuned to, like, um, some of the ways that we look at the Holy Spirit and what the, the Holy Spirit yeah. does, and how yeah. you know how the Holy Spirit interacts and whatever, and like most of the time, I mean, of course, because I come from a very conservative background when it comes to a lot of that stuff, uh, we just assume God is good and the Spirit does whatever. You know, it's none of my business. You know, yeah. but like I think some of that stuff is once again, if you approach it with some humility, um, it's the thing where you find people that really enjoy a relationship with God. They're open yeah, to all this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's, it's fine for them. You know, they're like, send the, when they're, they're like, they're asking, God, dispatch the Holy Spirit. Let them be here. Yeah. that That's a great, great point because like, I'd like to grasp the Holy Spirit. You know, we, yeah. we, we have this faith that the Holy Spirit lives within us. We you know we're filled with the Holy Spirit, all this stuff. And, and it's either 
uh, a group saying, okay, you got to be dancing around, jumping up and down, and saying all kinds of languages and words you don't know, or is other people saying, ah, nothing really happens. And I think there's somewhere in the middle of, like, the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. I can't, I've been a Christian for decades, and I, I don't, shame on me, I have no clue what that really, I mean, honestly, yeah. like, yeah. I, it's my little buddy that lives inside, and every once in a while I let him, you know, hey, take the reins, you know. But yeah, uh, I, there's, right. I'm lacking there. Right. Do I know where I stop and the Holy Spirit starts, or yeah. Or, yeah. or or whatever? Like like, can I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life? You know, like, and that doesn't. And I think sometimes we we channel that to to cheap things, right? Like if I cried during a worship tune, I'm like, that's oh, that was the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Well, maybe you're tingles. just weepy, Mike. Yeah. Maybe you're just a weepy, <laughs> you know, right? I, you know, and, and it's hard to explain to people that there are times I legitimate feel, legitimately feel the Holy Spirit has spoken to me, like not in words, but I just felt like God wants me to do whatever. And then someone asked me, well, how, why? You know, how do you, like, they'll ask questions like, I don't have answers. Yeah. And then I feel all cheesy, so they get all dopey, and I'm like, well, I don't know, I just feel yeah. like it's a good feeling. You know? It's just yeah. a thing. But I, I, I really feel like I think it was a God thing. And, and many times I figured. Looking back, it was. Yeah. You know, because like, that didn't make sense, but it sure is what the right thing to do. And I don't know how to tell the difference between the right thing and the not right thing. Yeah. You know, we, we, I just really think this would be cool if we, you know, put mustard on the communion bread. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that wasn't the Holy Spirit. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 that was just, uh, that was a taco you had uh, last night. Bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I really think it would be I, and like I I'm, I'm with Dan I I I'd lack in this area and 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 I think you got to be a little bit careful like I know people that don't lack in this area and I'm like man I'm such a bad follower of Christ these, these people <laughs> and, and like I can't I, I yeah I got nothing and like some of us are, are are tuned the way that God has us tuned you know but but yeah. at the end of the day uh, I don't think there's any reason to ever not be seeking it with everything you have it's the whole thing it's the gift. Yeah. Right after Jesus <laughs> Jesus dies, he says, what are you going to send? What are you going to use to replace my presence here on earth? Uh, the Holy Spirit. And we're like, eh, we're okay without it, I yeah, think. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I'm good. We got the Bible. We got some church planting conferences. Well, I mean, what else do we need? They have a plate specifically for communion. I mean, <laughs> we've got this whole thing stamped out, ready to go. <laughs> it it kind of made me wonder. This conversation made me wonder, like, in at what part was the, like, when did the, start, the church start um, translating Holy Spirit as Holy Ghost, uh, yeah. uh, because like uh, I like I don't ever use the phrase Holy Ghost because of the connotations I have when I think about ghosts. Yeah, uh, and so like it gives, I get it. Like if you think of the, the definition of, of pneuma that kind of yeah. goes before that, like it makes. <laughs> I was almost certain you blue letter Bible it. I did. I yeah. checked it because because what what's interesting is that like the blue letter Bible will tell you um, how they translated how many how many times they translated word one or the other uh-huh. and like. Even in the King James, like they translated it "spirit" 111 times, and they translated "Holy Ghost" 89 times, and it makes me wonder, like, why? What? Like, at what yeah. point would you go, "Oh, this is definitely Holy Ghost" versus Holy Spirit? Like, it's such an interesting translation decision. But like, yeah. in general, like, um, like the, the question is, is that like by by saying "Holy Ghost," does that blend things in your in in a modern mind that 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 either tells you? Either misleads on what how you should understand the Holy Spirit, or implies something else about how you should think of, think about ghosts or or spiritual activity or whatever. I, I don't know. It was just a question that popped in my mind. Yeah. I thought like, who started? Who first started saying Holy Ghost, and why did they like that? Because like there had to been a reason. It was like, oh, you know how we this like maybe it's felt more specific if we think of it as like a like a a, a, a spirit, a premonition. Uh, with some sort of physical, I don't know. Like, why would you say ghost as opposed mm. to to spirit? 
I don't know. Some translator somewhere thought it was good and had to have a justification for it, and I'd be super interested. Yeah. Anyway. I feel like my life needs more Holy Spirit in it. So I think this is a great conversation. And we got here's the thing: this is the year of humility and Holy Spirit. Double H. <laughs> this is what we're going to do the rest. We of the We started year. too late in the year, Mike. It's October fifth. Yeah, I mean to be honest, we don't have a track record. But you made a promise. I mean, probably five, six episodes ago, you're like, "This is going to be the thing we're going to hit yep. all year, and it's going to be a multi-part series." Yep. We did. We haven't nope. come back. To we didn't it. come I don't back to what it. Is. It yeah. was. It was. Um, do, do does is Jesus's or all Jesus's behaviors yeah. translatable to humans? Yeah. So if we look at things Jesus either said or that he did and go, is that for us or is that just because I he's love Jesus? Dad's eyebrows? He's like, oh Ooh. yeah, that would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Completely forgotten well. that we've talked about it like six months ago. <laughs> well, that is a good question. <laughs> this is high quality radio. <laughs> <laughs> is there a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let's. Uh, anyway, those. That's a full uh, forty minutes we did on promises we intend to keep but might not. <laughs> Boy, just cover this with the, with the buffoon <laughs> episode from two weeks ago. Boy, we're just nailing it. <laughs> um, yes, Mike, let's give out some advice while we're on the top of our game. Dear, live from the path. I'm 54 and afraid to tell my spouse I want a divorce even though I'm in an unhappy marriage. Mm-hmm. I told him years ago that I no longer loved him and didn't want to be married anymore. Nice. His reply, I have enough love for both of us. Whoa. This year will be our 15th together. I am spouse number three. I think he thinks that if there isn't another person I'm in love with that we can continue like this. I feel it's just time for me, and I'm tired of always being somebody's something. I've thought of moving out, but money is an issue, and I have nowhere to go. I hate confrontations, and he is a good man, but I am truly beginning to hate him. Any advice? So it's his third wife. She is the yes, third. Right? Yes, right? Been together for 15 years, which means I got married when uh, she was 39. He's not abusive in any way. It doesn't appear. He's not cheating on her. He's, he's, not, just a, he's a good dude. She's just not happy. She's just Yeah. Overall, bored. I hate confrontations, and he is a good man, but I am truly beginning to hate him. Hmm. Yeah, she's gotten bored. She needs to spice up the relationship a little bit. She needs to put some effort into this. Uh, boy. Yeah. So, it, uh, hmm. I don't, this is tough to this is tough because it's all one sided here. Yeah. I don't know anything about the guy, uh, and I, maybe it doesn't even matter. But like I tell you, like your attitude towards your marriage uh, will never produce a good one. Doesn't matter who it is, mm-hmm. even the next guy. It's 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 not going to work, right? And so like, um, it, it's obviously not rooted in a Christian thought process, right? But like, uh, one of the things that we adapt well for marriage, as far as uh, followers of Christ go, is like your job is to add to your spouse. Right, like you, you add unto them, and they add unto you, and therefore everybody's getting added to, uh, and that's not the attitude that you're taking towards your spouse at all. Uh, you're not mentioning anything about like how, uh, you know, what what you do for him or what you, even even let's say you, I don't know why you hate him. It seems too strong. Uh, you don't love him. I I got that. Uh, but it, you don't seem to be upholding any any part of your marriage vows. <laughs> right. You know, any of the right. vows that you took. She's uh, driven by her emotion as opposed to the vows she made and a commitment that yeah. she made. I mean, does, do you think, can you say, I am married to a good person, I just, I hate them? I, 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 I'm, I'm shielded this, I'm shielded from this due to the state of my own marriage, so I don't, I don't yeah. understand it. Yeah. I, I mean, they have to be doing something that you don't like them, or I don't know. If you, if you give yourself permission to not stay committed permanently then you will find reasons even if it's just 
on board. Yeah. Uh, that's the first thing she has to change in her own life is say, okay, this is not an option, so I better figure out how to make this better. It's not an option to leave. So what's what am what's what am I what am I going to do to be, be happy in this relationship? Right. Not that we're called to be happy, but well, I mean, but that's the thing is like she said, I'm tired of being somebody's something, and like unless he's saying. I, I'm not going to allow you to be you, like. But she doesn't mention that, like he's controlling or, or, or overbearing or keeps track of where I'm at all the time. None of that. She's right? almost saying like, I just don't want to be a wife. Yeah. Like, it's it's such a hard. I, it implies the wrong thing. Like you are somebody's something. Like I I don't know if you stole that from a country song somewhere, <laughs> but like, like you're somebody's kid. You're somebody's aunt, probably. You know, you're somebody's employee. Like I, I don't know what kind of world that you think you're living in, of which you get to to like completely shed whatever distinctions come from you as based upon your relationship to it or to somebody else. And so, like the the only reason you could you would say that more heavy handed about your about being a sp- a wife here, um, it, there has to be something else. There has to be something else. He, like he can't be you can't. You can't be wanting out of something if he feels like a good dude and you actually, you're not running to anybody else. You just hate him. Like, she doesn't have the tingles anymore. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Yeah. Like, when you, sometimes you can't, you can't move out of the house. You have to remodel the bathroom. You, you have to, to look around yourself and say, this isn't what I wanted, but it can be. Well, and it's a perspective <laughs> problem. You have, a, you have an, a, a false understanding of the, of the house, right, or, or of other houses. Right, like uh, all marriages work the same. Right, boils down to it's t- it's two different people trying to figure out how to how to live together and be together, uh, you know, for for a long term. So it's it's and and when you're like, I just I don't. I mean, I suppose at the end of the day, she says, I just don't want the responsibility or burden of having to be somebody's wife. I just want to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. But here's the thing: is like uh, there is no one that has lived that out that. Uh, it ends up making them happy in the long run. Mm-mm. It doesn't work like that, right? And um, I mean, there's there's a slew of people that 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 they throw their whole life in the toilet with this exact same thought. I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to work for a manager who's a jerk. I don't want to. I don't want to go home to a husband. It's too much. It's, it's all on me. It's all it's all this and this and whatever. I don't want to be a mom anymore. These kids are a pain. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: you, you, the decisions you've made up to this point have gotten you to this point. No one forced you to marry the guy. Right? No one forced those mm-hmm. words out of your mouth. He was made, enough at one point. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and, and if you can go back 15 years and say these things were true, it, it'd be worth for you to go, go back and look and see what's changed. Because you've, I mean, most people, given the chance to throw their spouse under the bus, they'll do it. Yeah. Uh, especially on a letter when you're trying to get support for you leaving. She's made none of those claims. Right? Like, of all the times to say, my husband's an overbearing jerk who steals all our money and, and he's, a, he's mean to me. You know, she, she said none of that. So, yep. so the the thing that's changed is you and your attitude, and like it's it. No one forced you to make the promises or the vows that you made, and so I think it's worth looking back and going, "Hey, man, I what happened to me? I changed something. He's not treating me poorly. He's not done anything to make me want to leave, but I hate him." <laughs> yeah, it's um. I, I I maybe you're listening. You're like, are you are you guys saying that I have to stay in an unhappy marriage? And, and no. Make your marriage happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you, you just can't solve it. Like, you only gave yourself one option to solve it. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. Is people go, I'm in an unhappy marriage. And let's, again, let's throw aside peripheral particulars of which you may need to take, make a different situation. But generally speaking, 
do you have to stay in an unhappy marriage? No, you do not. Uh, but but your only option that you thought of was I'm going to leave this. What we're saying is like, let's try to make it happy. Like let's try to improve the marriage that you're in um, because th- something changed. Fr- something changed from the day that you said I do. And it doesn't sound like this doesn't sound like this dude has changed all that much. And which is a surprise because everybody does. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wouldn't be a surprise to say, look, he's not the man I married. Uh, he used to pay a lot of attention to me, and now he only loves uh, karaoke and bass fishing. Like, okay, that would be something we could work with. Um, but again, if your marriage is unhappy because of that, then we need to deal with the man mm-hmm. and and your relationship. Like, it's still not a, an exit. You just you can't prescribe only one solution. Um, I think the most frustrating thing that's that 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 happens to me in trying to either give advice or help people is they get focused on a, I only have one option and they just want someone to support it. I'm like, there's like a hundred options. You just chose one and it doesn't mean it's the right one. It doesn't mean it's a good one. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you, you need to work on your marriage and, uh, but leaving is not, is not the answer to that. Um, it's, it's going to feel, it's going to feel like a short term victory. Um, but it's, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to last. And like, um, yours, you are as good as your promises. You did say that you were going to stay with this man. He said yes, knowing that, like, under the terms that you said yes. And so, like, I mean, you're kind of bound by that. And uh, I think you need to stick it out. And I think you need to figure out how to how to improve that situation. Yeah. My, my wife and I, when when we our youngest daughter got married, we like within two weeks we took a weekend, uh, did a little trip, and had our own little marriage retreat. And we just wrote down, what do we want to do the next five, five years? You, you know, what's, what's the next five years look like? What do we want to do next? And just dreamed a little bit and just had some fun. Uh, if you're, if you can't, do, if you're not, that's not in your skill, like you can't sit and have those conversations. I'd do a, I'd do a marriage retreat. I'd do mm-hmm. something that, that gets some spark going, get the conversation going. Cause yeah. you both need to have the conversation. Yeah. 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 I, I'm sure this guy's not to blame. And like, he seems a little bit, um, uh, it's a little passive for her to go, hey, I don't love you anymore. It's like, I love enough for both of us. Like, you just kind of glossed over yeah. your wife's feelings here. That's right, not right. cool. Yeah. Um, like, you should have done something about that, not just kind of big smile and moved on. That's yeah, that's kind of like, I see you don't love me. That's all right. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of doing the divorce game, so. Right, right. <laughs> uh, I don't care. I'm happy. Like, yeah. it comes off like that. Yeah, so, true. you know, I... There's room for both of you to move here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But let's but let's let's do that. Like I, I I would like to have like she didn't say anything like oh we've been working on this for the last five years and we can't seem to save it or like I've been trying to talk to him over and over again like yeah it like uh yeah yeah do that go, first go all in the right direction yeah yeah uh, and I mean granted you're knocking on these doors no one here in this room is going to go yeah yeah you should definitely split up with him um right. we're always going to be the on on <laughs> save the thing but here's the thing there's a million ways to improve that marriage. Mm-hmm. versus the one thing that you thought of, which is I want out. Yeah, yep. Okay, Secular says, Dear Miserable, just a word of caution, the grass is not always green on the other side of that fence. However, because you feel that remaining with your husband is intolerable, begin planning your exit. Line up a job and a place you can afford in which to live. Upgrade your marketable skills if necessary. Remember, your husband has been through this before, so he's a veteran at divorce. Before making any more announcements, discuss this with an attorney so you can protect yourself. This could wow. be the worst advice secular's ever given. Goodness me. Wow. A million to one, and she chose the one. I mean, I, here's the thing, though. It's, it's, it's pos- I'm not saying that some of this is not good advice, right? Like, say, line up a job, uh, begin planning, not for your exit, but for your future, right? I, it's possible you don't like him because you don't like you. 
right? Like yeah. you don't like the marriage you're in because <laughs> you don't like what you have going on. Yeah. And so like you're trying to, if you're putting the burden on your husband uh, to make you happy, he can't carry that. He just flat out can't. Right. And so, and, 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 and none of the way that you've described him uh, makes him sound like a guy that would be against you getting a job, doing some traveling, taking up Canasta, starting a volunteer organization, like anything that can help. And, 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 and granted, you know, I, I'm sure it's not as black and white as this, right? But like, there's something about like your husband is there to support you, but he can't support you if you're not doing anything. You know, if you're just holding, yeah. if you're putting all the burden on him to come up with ways for you to be happy there, he can't, he can't shoulder that. He's not built for that. Yeah. He's built to support the things that you're doing, not to hold your entire structure. Yeah, and I think that um, like people are weird in their in their understanding of of not wanting to be constrained. Like I was, I was talking, there was a the guy I was talking to about. Um, uh, and he just made some weird life choices, and you know he had a, he had a parole officer and he had like a counselor, and they kept trying to get him to do stuff. And he's like, I, you know, every time they tell me that to do this thing, he's like, I know it's good advice, I just don't want to do it. I'm like, hmm. you know, if you just said I want to do this, now it's back in your control. Hey, hey, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go into this program, or I'm gonna deal with these people, and like. I want everything they're offering as opposed to them being antagonists to you. Right. Then you would do it differently. Like just like this is totally an attitude change. You just have to say, look, I'm open. I'm saying that I choose this uh, it, just like the choice to, to to walk that other mile. Right. Or, or to like mm-hmm. actively demonstrate humility. Like um, these things are not happening to you. Like I want to be my own person. We'll be your own person. Uh uh, your own person says, "Look, I'm going to serve my husband, and, and I'm going to I'm going to show him love. I choose to do that. I'm not doing it because he's making me. I'm choosing to do that. You own your life. Choose to do it. Uh, hey, man, I, I want to have some of my own freedom. Great. He's not forcing you to get a job. You chose to get a job. You want to get a job. Go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. And like even even as we think about some of the things that get real touchy uh, as as people talk about marriage, like again, service to other people um, and and even the notion of submitting, say, look, I'm choosing this, that Christ chose to die for the church. He didn't say the church made me because they were sinners. Like (laughs) he goes, I choose to do this. I choose to humble myself and to sacrifice in this way. They're not taking it from me. I'm giving it. And that's the same opposite side of the relationship for the ladies too. Uh, No one is forcing me like, I'm willingly giving this. And so, like, that's the thing. It's like your attitude sucks. The world is not always happening to you. Take some control of your life. Mm -hmm. Choose to do some of these things. You might even have 99% of the same life. If you just need to change your attitude about it and say, I'm opting. I'm I'm choosing in. This isn't happening to me. I'm choosing it for it to happen to me. Now let's go. Um and it'll it'll just it'll it'll alter how you look at things because like some of it you just got a crappy attitude. I actually I was thinking about this also. This car ride in is, uh, is interesting, but for the radio show because I got a bunch of things going through my mind. But like I was thinking about some of my work stuff, and I and I thought like I got a bad attitude about this. Somebody, few people want to meet with me later in the week, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to, I don't want to meet with them. They want answers to things, and I've got this under control. And I'm like, this is a terrible attitude. I I love I would love to meet with them. They have questions. They want to be assured. I would be glad to assure them. Because I want them to have confidence in the thing I'm working on. I want them to feel like they're getting everything they expected. Like, why wouldn't I want that? Sure. Yeah. Set them up. Said schedule them twice. Right. It's just like I just had a had a crappy attitude because I thought, oh, look what they're doing to me. They're taking my time to ask them to meet with me about something that they want. I'm like, I want what they want. If you were to ask me, do I want what they want? I'd be like, yeah. So there's no reason for me not to look at it that way and go, <laughs> yes. I hope they do. I hope we do meet. I would love to straighten this out. <laughs> You got time for one more? Uh, oh, I got time. Okay, last one. Ready? No. Let's, okay, yeah. 
Dear Live, from the path. I hope it's a good one. What do you think about people having drive-by baby showers? What? <laughs> There's more. Okay. <laughs> I was recently invited to one, only to arrive and find the front yard filled with people, cake and balloons. But I had been instructed to just drop off my gift and go. Yep, yep, yep. I did expect a few people to be there with the expected mom to greet me and receive the gift. But after traveling 25 miles only to find a full-blown party going on that I wasn't allowed to join seems very rude to me. I think if that was the plan, she would have had just had a shower for these A-list guests and forgotten the drive-by part. What are your thoughts on this? I'm guessing they were all supposed to be drive-by. Yeah. Half the people are done with the virus and the other half aren't. And so some are going to honor the drive-by and some yeah. are going to say, hey, we're getting out because it's a baby. Yeah. We got to do it. We got to yeah. go take a look. We got to talk to the person. We got to rub the belly. Like they got to... Yeah, do you, I mean, do you, once again, it's it's a humility approach, right? Do you drive by and go, I cannot believe I was not invited <laughs> to be This is an assault against me. Yeah. <laughs> or do you drive by and go, I think all these people are staying. That's not what this was. <laughs> or, or like, hey, man, a party. I thought we were going to be limited to drive by, but we get to, like, obviously they let people stop. Yeah. I'm parking. Where's yeah. my mask? I'm going in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like, hey, I'm glad they gave us the option because I don't want to go in. Great. Right. Don't go in. I don't feel safe. I'm driving on. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they did you a kindness. What if you're like, what if you're, what if you're COVID freaked out? You're like, I don't want to be stopping no, but I want yeah. to show people I love them. You right. know, they gave you a complete option to stop by, drop the stuff, and go. And instead, you took offense. Yeah. <laughs> stop being a weasel. Like, <laughs> just look at it with some level of grace. It wasn't. It's not a personal attack against you. I think they probably did the best they could. They probably didn't want to say, "Hey, it's we're doing a baby shower." Uh, and make you feel guilty for not being able to come by because you were worried about it. Right. Yeah. So what's the other option to do during COVID, right? Hey, look, we're doing an online baby shower. Just have the stuff shipped to my place. Lame. <laughs> right. Feels lame. <laughs> right. That, that feels terrible. Could you, you just send cash? Yeah, That'd be right. great. <laughs> just, just send them money. You know, we don't actually need to see you or care about you. So they find the middle ground that says, hey, man, you can whiz by in your car. We'll wave. We'll talk a couple minutes. And then, you know, we, we can part ways. No big deal. And then instead, a bunch of passerbys want to stop by and hang out, and like they're taking advantage of the situation. Maybe it's good, maybe it ain't good. None of that's your business, right? You were invited. You got. You brought the gift. What do you care what these other people are doing? Right. Uh, they just gave you a free afternoon. Enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. You don't have to sit around for eating a gross baby food game yeah, or whatever. Right. It's the worst. Or pull over. Like either way is totally fine. There's no yeah. There's no offense to you here at all. Hmm. You know what? I was at a, I was at a soccer game for my. How many kids do I got? Number three. I'm on number three. Uh, no, I got four kids, but this was number three. It was at this soccer game, and I, I was I was sitting back watching, and like, I think literally two people had a mask on, out of like 150. I mean, there were plenty of people there, and like, and I like it's this league is pretty strict. They send out nasty grams every couple of weeks, and we're like, if you work cancel the season, we'll do it. And like, one of the coaches wasn't even wearing one, and they're like, they had this deal where like, if some some kid got hurt on the ground, uh, got hurt on the soccer game, and uh, you had to run. Someone had to run up to them, put a mask on them before then you could attend to their injury. I'm like, what's going on with you guys? <laughs> you don't make any sense. You obviously got close enough to put the mask on. Uh. You're already engaged, you know. But it, but anyway, I say that to, it, like it, it just made me think that like, um, like you just never know. Yeah. You just never know how 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 something like this hits people. And I think you can be respectful about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no reason to get amped up one way or the other. Like if you're the, if you're the person that drove to the baby shower and you're like, you know, screw this, I'm stopping. Okay. And if you see the, the somebody drive by, don't be like, well, that loser, he wasn't willing to stop. He's such a chicken. Just be like, oh, 
Well, there it goes. Look at that. I, I'm great <laughs> that he came out. Yeah. He, he, he didn't have to come out. Right. And he knew he wasn't going to stay, but he still bothered to drive here, whatever, 40 minutes or whatever it was. 25. Yeah, 25 minutes. He still bothered to come out here. What a great guy. Like, just, just get off your horse about it a bit and just respect other people's decisions that they take in the world a little bit differently. I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's systematic. This is, a, this is the, the, the plant that, that the only garden we grow anymore. Right, it's just finding a reason to be upset at people, yeah. and uh, this is not a finger pointing. I do this all the time. I'm terrible about this. I just assume everyone is trying to screw me in some capacity. Yeah, you know, and so like it's horrible. I was just though this whole show. All I'm like I've I've just have a terrible attitude towards most everything, and like this show is is convicting me, and uh, I I feel like I'm gonna have to make some changes here. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but, like I, I would be this dude. Right? Probably not over this. This seems kind of dumb, but but like. I mean, any small thing that someone is doing something opposite of what I'm doing, I'm like, look at this fool. <laughs> uh-huh. Obviously, he's taking it in wrong, and he's acting completely foolish. Right, right. And, like, that's it's really unfair and not healthy and the exact opposite of finding all things that are good, you yeah. know, and thinking about those things. And it's, and it's only hurting this person. It's right. Everybody else is having a good time. Exactly. <laughs> and you're the one that's getting all griped up about yeah. it. Okay. Secular uh, caps off this night of advice saying, you may not have been singled out to be slighted. Those at the party may have, quotes, crashed the lawn from their cars. What a foolish, risky thing to subject the expectant mother to. Yeah. If the revelers weren't masks, the honoree and her baby were at risk of catching COVID! Exclamation point. True. Or the, I mean, or the, or the flu. Or the common cold. Yeah. I mean, we don't cancel all that. I showed my cards. (laughs) 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 I think... I think at the end of the day, uh, yeah. I, well, okay. P- put this in perspective, though. Let's say that the expectant mother um, had a uh, immunocompromised kid living in the house. Therefore, she set up a drive-by, whatever, yeah. Yeah, to yeah, try yeah. to make it halfway. You should be respectful. Now these lawn crashers are really causing trouble. Agreed. Yeah. Right now you've you've way overexerted yourself and, and caused trouble. Yeah. But then again, I wouldn't meet them on the lawn. I'd open the mail slot and say, "Drop the gift." Yeah, man. Yep. You know I ain't coming out there. Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, just read the room. You know, be reasonable. React to the per- the person that obviously is is ringling in this. Like, we we've got friends that that are are, are protecting that very thing. And like, I'm super respectful of that because yep. like, I wouldn't even know what to do. <laughs> like, you're so worried about about something happening, and like, wh- like you just do the best you humanly can. Like, I totally get it. Uh, but then again, if someone, if those same people go, you know, we're feeling all right about it, you can swing by and party on the lawn. I'd be like, great, party on the lawn. I'm, yeah. Whatever, whatever you're good with, I'm probably good with here. I'm, I'm okay. That's true. And like, so the, the, I mean, think about the folks that are in this situation. They're like, look, uh, no, 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 we can't, we can't. Okay, you can come by and party on the lawn. You party on the lawn. They're like, ah, you know what? I, I, I we got to shut this thing down again. I'm sorry. We're go, we're going back into quarantine. I don't know if that party was a great idea. Uh, okay, okay, that's okay. Sounds like a plan. Whatever, yeah. whatever allows me to continue to have any type of relationship with you, I'm in. Yeah, let's do it. Whatever you want to do, and like. Can you can you live a life like that, right? And can you can you can you do it externally and also not get in the car on the drive home and go, boy, I wish these people would make up their mind. They're ridiculous, right? You know, can you not think that, right? Can you just let it be? Okay, it's not even a point of contention with me. It, it shouldn't even matter. It, it is. I'm I'm that kind of jerk that drives. Yeah. But like, still, I I don't want to be. I don't want to be that. I don't want to be a double-minded man. James says that's a bad deal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. Don't act that way. And so like, it's it's it, the. the it's the year of the Holy Spirit and humility. Like these are things. Like it's just a, it's just a way different way of thinking. And you'd think after following Jesus for like, I mean, we're in the decades now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're like you'd have a good grip on this. And I'm like, I don't think I do. I don't think I do. So, well, we got some things to change. Tail end of this year, Ben. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Put it, put it on the list. When we should we should keep track of. We need a whiteboard. I need a board in here so I can keep track of stuff that I said we were going to keep an eye on. But like yeah. Mike, how's it going? On oh. getting a whiteboard or? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a whiteboard to put. We need a whiteboard. Uh, or like like remember that uh, Jesus thing I said I was going to do. I don't recall anything from week week to week. No. So I need a week. I got to write stuff down. I think two years ago you said we were going to make an app where you open it up and it says "Do not trust this man." <laughs> it's a reflection of yourself. <laughs> I would love to <laughs> do like that. A selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the board. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you've been listening live for the path. Thanks for hanging out with us this week. Uh, hey man, we had every every intention of doing like uh, three three four questions of advice and letting you loose. No, nope. I I, uh, I have no regrets. I, I don't apologize at all for tying up your time. You could have moved at any in any moment. So uh, this you're to blame. It was a rip dinger. Yeah, it sure was. Hey, uh, please do us a favor. One, if you got any um, feedback on the show, give us a call or send us a text on the uh, Bob Eisenhower Live from the Path Complaint Line. That's five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's five one five five one seven zero zero eight five. That's call or text. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Also, um, if you whatever podcast app you listen us to, uh, listen to us to. If you want to give that a, uh, some kind of review or rating, uh, you can be honest. They don't have to be fives or whatever, but you know, uh, action is action, yeah. and maybe it'll help other people find the show. Uh, unless you don't want to lead other people astray, and I respect that as well. In the meantime, uh, we hope to see you next week. And uh, like I said, in the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path. I should and I should not do And the choir sang you 